Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Never Split Up podcast. This is episode nine, our first ever YouTube episode. How are you doing today, Anthony? Good. How's it going? Uh, first day of 2023. Yep. Yep. Happy New Year. I hope it was good for you. I had to work, so kind of sucked for me, but I hope it was better for you. It was a nice low-key New Year's. Nothing special. Yeah, yeah. That's usually, um, even when I'm not working, it's low-key for me, too. I'm not a big New Year's guy, but it's it's, it's always overrated. fun. Yeah. But fresh year. Start the year fresh. Yes, yes. Start the year fresh. And uh, this was our big announcement that we teased over the weekend. We, we are now on YouTube. So hello to everyone on YouTube. Um, this is exciting. We're still going to be available on our normal podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, on Apple and Spotify and everywhere else. So this is just going to be an extra avenue if you want to see our faces and our reactions. And you don't just like, I personally like to see people talking when I watch my podcast. So I thought it was a good idea to bring us onto YouTube and uh, it's just another way to listen. Yeah, just so whatever your preference, if you like listening and that's it, you know, keep doing that. If you want to, you know, watch us on YouTube, you know, switch over to that or do both. <laughs> yes. And for everyone listening on YouTube for the first time, this is, again, the Never Split Up podcast. We're a horror movie podcast. We we both love horror movies. Uh, I guess we'll both do some quick introductions. We, we've we we did introductions on our inaugural episode, uh, episode one. We covered Smile, which everyone right. go check out. Uh, great movie. And uh, that was our first ever episode a couple months ago when we started this podcast. But, you know, my name's Nolan. Uh, we've been best friends, me and Anthony, f- uh, pretty much since elementary school. We we live in the same town, and uh, we both love horror movies. I've always loved horror movies. Anthony took my love uh, a little bit further <laughs> when uh, we started hanging a lot, out a lot in high school. And uh, you can see by Anthony's background, um, the wall of, of movies that he's he's pretty intense into, not just horror, but all movies. Yeah, I like movies just a little bit. Yeah, I've been watching horror movies since I was three years old. I'm so thankful that I had no censorship as a kid. So yeah, horror movies are my favorite hobby. You know, I'm a lifelong fan and it's my favorite thing to do on my off time is popping a good horror movie. Yeah, I mean, every time we hang out and I come over, you come over, we're always talking about, oh, what horror movie do you see? What, what horror right. movie did you watch? So we figured, why not start a podcast and just talk about it on the podcast and, you know, invite everyone else to 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 talk and we uh we have a little segment um towards the end of our episodes it's called the never split up segment do you want to talk about that a little bit it kind of gets the community involved a little bit yeah so definitely when you guys check out our past past episodes uh, make sure you listen all the way through because at the end we both pick a never split up moment which is pretty much a stupid character decision in the movie um and then we have it we post it to our social medias and then you guys get to vote and then whoever wins the following week, they get to pick the Never Split Up moment first. So it's a cool little uh, end cap to the episode, and it swings into the title of our podcast. So wraps it up well. Yes, and again, this is episode nine, and we are covering a doozy today, right? This is Sinister, released in 2012. Yeah, I can't believe it's been so long already, but yeah, I remember when this first came out. I remember the marketing and everything. Wow, 11 years this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it together in the theaters because that was around the time when we were going to see literally every movie together. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I know I definitely yeah. saw it. I can't remember with who, but um, yeah, I remember opening night seeing that one, and wow, that was a good experience in the theater. Like any movie, I like experience in the theater, but that one I remember. You know, the crowd was a good crowd that night. 
And um, we should note that this is our second movie directed by Scott Derrickson. We already covered The Black Phone, which was his newest movie. And this is also, there's so many comparisons to The Black Phone. It's the same director, the same writer, actually, as uh, The Black Phone. It was Scott Derrickson and C. Robert uh, Cargill, or Cargill, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he wrote both movies. And both movies also star Ethan Hawke. Well, The Black Phone doesn't star Ethan Hawke. He's in like a supporting role, but yeah. So a lot of similarities, both movies. Yeah, definitely. And um, again, just for the newer uh, viewers on YouTube, um, definitely go check out our, our first eight episodes. So um, I'm just going to run through the movies we've covered already. It, it's a pretty good variety. Cool. And um, we did a couple holiday movies uh, recently. And um, so our, our first one uh, we already mentioned was Smile. We, we covered that uh, a couple months ago. And we, we started banging them out. We were doing you know one or two a week. We, we got to uh, The Babysitter, Netflix movie, The Babysitter. Great, fun horror comedy. Check that one out if, if that's your jam. And then we covered Barbarian, which was <laughs> just That was a bonkers. fun episode. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was fun. Uh, so another mo- new movie, Barbarian. Uh, we also covered The Black Phone, which, which you just covered. We, uh, and then what was the... Oh, the next one was 30 Days of Night. So a little bit older. Went back... Um, what, 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 like 12 years oh yeah 2007 that one came out so. 2007 fun so, vampire yeah, movie guys years. make yeah, sure you check that vampires. one out if you like vampires check me. that one out yeah and um we had very different opinions on that movie so that, that was, was fun. the first movie i think that we kind of really diverted from each other yeah so uh we um we give a review at the end we give a rating um so these are review episodes and we give ratings uh one through ten so that was our biggest uh disparity for was 30 days a night uh you liked it a bit more than i did but uh just uh, a bit <laughs> yeah and then we had our, our christmas week um we we covered uh the og black christmas so we had to start with that for our first ever christmas horror episode that was a ton of fun i loved that episode the way it came out yeah make sure you guys check that one out that's actually one of my favorite episodes we've done so far and it's special because it really started a lot of the slasher tropes that we still are experiencing today so you know that's a really really good start to if you're Love slashers. Watch that episode because you get to experience everything uh, for the first time. Yeah, and I mean these are review episodes, but even if you've seen that movie a lot, I I still recommend it because. Oh yeah. Through our discussion, I mean, I had seen the movie a ton, and I got something out of it from you during the episode. So I'm, I'm thinking the viewers can probably get something out of it as well, even if they're familiar with the movie, oh, and even sure. if you're not familiar with the movie, it's just it's a fun episode. So definitely check out those episodes, guys. We also ran a uh, uh, Krampus. We did a Krampus episode, so that was that was a ton of fun. Two um, very different Christmas movies, right there. Yes. So yeah, yeah. Nice and variety. then last week was our most recent episode. Uh, that was our 2022 year in review episode. We did our top 10 list of our favorite movies, not just horror, uh, just in general, to give you guys a better sense of what we like and what we look for in movies. And we had a bunch of honorable mentions and. We talked about what we were looking forward to this year in 2023. I can't believe we're in 2023 already. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, now we're here, episode nine, and we're covering a doozy to, to start the new year. Uh, Sinister, one of my all-time favorites. Love this movie. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Showing <laughs> your hand a little bit? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're going to find out pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> I love this movie, so. Uh, why don't we get into it? Uh, why don't you run down the uh, the cast and who directed it and stuff? You kind of touched on it a little bit, but... Yeah, okay, so I'll do a little synopsis from IMDb. Okay, so 
just so you guys know what the movie's about if you haven't seen it, or, um, you know, just get a little intro so you know what we're talking about when we get into it. But, uh, so the plot is a controversial true crime writer finds a box of Super 8 home movies in his new home, revealing that the murder case he is currently researching could be the work of an unknown serial killer whose legacy dates back to the 1960s. Sinister. Like I said, Scott Derrickson directed it. He also directed The Black Phone. He's pretty big and hard. He's in a few. Um, see Robert Cargill. He wrote it with him. And we have Ethan Hawke starring. Then we can get in the rest of the cast. So Ethan Hawke, he stars as Ellison. And then uh, do you want to take the rest of the cast away or want me to keep going? Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So we actually also have James Ransone, who we didn't mention. He was also in The Black Phone. So literally endless, endless yeah. comparisons to that movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's the deputy in this movie who doesn't. We're never given his name, so he's deputy so and so. We <laughs> then we have um Ellison's wife, played by Juliet Rylance. She plays Tracy. We have Fred Thompson. He plays the sheriff. And then we have a little cameo to round up the main cast from <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio as Professor yes. Jonas, and he's a great yes. character actor. I love him. I love him. He's one of my favorites. He's so good in this movie too, with little screen time he gets. He's, he's awesome. He's, and he's yeah. important because we find out a lot of information from him. Yes, yeah. He plays the, uh, the, the stereotypical, in horror movies, you get the stereotypical, like, you know, researcher slash, uh, you know, expert from a local community college or university. Uh, but he's, he's, he's not, uh, you don't meet him in person in the movie. He's only on webcam, I guess through Skype or FaceTime, but uh, he's great. He's a lot of the he's exposition, awesome. but, you know, so it's typical yeah. exposition, but he, he you know. He's fun. He's, it's a fun role. Yes, definitely. And also, this movie is produced by Blumhouse, who also produced The Black Phone. So they all have a must have a tight relationship. Yeah, um, now that we've covered The Black Phone already, I'm glad we did because um, I want to draw some parallels between these two movies when we get into it. Um, Sinister does a lot of stuff that I wish The Black Phone did. And I know we touched on that in our Black Phone episode, not to spoiler on episode but the episode's been been out for a little while so i feel like we can we oh, talk yeah. about the two um freely and uh, if you haven't listened to uh that episode guys definitely go check that out and then maybe you can come back to this and if you haven't watched either of these movies we definitely recommend uh, they're both good movies we 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 both gave the black phone a good score and um sinister like i said it's one of my all-time favorites so check both these movies out and then uh if you don't want spoilers uh come back after you watch them and hear us talk about them yeah uh black phone's very solid but you know i do prefer sinister very much so to that mm -hmm. movie so what are your overall thoughts of the movie i know you said it's one of your favorites but you know give a can you uh you know expand on that a little bit yeah definitely we're getting into just like uh we'll just get into our overall thoughts and then we can dive deep uh into the movie afterwards i love this movie it's great um you know, Ethan Hawke, it, it focuses on his character. And I want to say right off the bat that one of the reasons I love this movie is it tackles, uh, like, you know, like a demon, a deity. And in the end, you find out he's possessing the kids. That's the big reveal at the end. But it's not, it's through the POV of the father the entire time. It flips that, that normal way of horror movies going about it they they usually it's through the eyes of the kid and you see the kid transition into being possessed or or whatever it is but you really don't so i what, what's their daughter's name 
Um, uh, Ashley? Ashley. You really don't get a lot of Ashley in this movie. Um, you see her paintings here and there, but it's it's pretty much Ellison the entire and time. That's, it's that's it's that's what the entire yeah, of course. And um it's part of why the ending is so effective and so, you know, like, whoa, what the fuck? Like it's a good reveal, but right. and then we but yeah, I just love like how they in the movie then we with Ashley and we we'll get to that scene, but then you're like, Oh, we probably should have been thinking about Ashley a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie. And well, so and I think it's Ellison great because should have as well because he didn't exactly. get about his kids. Yeah. yeah, because we're we're through the eyes of Ellison this entire movie, and because Ellison is not really paying attention to his daughter throughout the movie, neither is us, the viewer. So, and he says it. He says it through the. He says it <laughs> through dialogue, especially with his wife, uh, throughout the the movie. Like he downplays what's happening to his kids and everything, and he just dismisses it and. uh yeah, I thought that was cool. I, I thought it was unique. You know, usually we we see it through the eyes of the kid and the parents like don't believe them. And then that's what causes everything to go crazy. But now it's through the eyes of the father and in the background that this is happening to the kid. And you don't necessarily realize it because he's not realizing it. So that was one of the strong points in the movie. I think it was uh, refreshing to see. Yes. And everything's happening to this family. I mean, literally because of Ellison. Uh, oh yeah he chose to have his family in this situation <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what about you any so uh, yeah thoughts? like after i mean this is our ninth episode you guys should know by now i love myself a good dark unsettling movie and that's the one word i would use to describe this movie is just very atmospheric and unsettling sinister is an unsettling movie and it pulls no punches it goes to pretty dark places and I mean, we know by now I love myself a dark ending, and this is another one to add to that list. I love this movie. It's a highlight, one of the highlights from the 2010s. Supernatural horror movie-wise, I would say, yes. Yeah, and I want to point out, I uh, I watched some commentary with the director and uh, the writer, um, and they were talking, and they said that they pitched this movie to all the major studios, and they all declined it. Um, and, and, you know, Scott Derrickson, he did... Uh, he did uh, the Exorcism of Emily Rose, Correct. so he's he's a horror. He's he's known in the industry, especially as a horror director. But um, so he's not a total newcomer. But he got rejected by uh, all the major studios because of how dark the movie is and how unsettling and disturbing it is. So they were they were crediting you know Blumhouse and everything for taking a chance on him, right. and uh, they finally got it approved. But this was almost never you know nobody so wanted stupid. to buy hate- buy the movie. Yeah. Come on, guys. We like our dark shit. <laughs> it's yeah. so stupid. I hate movie studios sometimes. Take some chances. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, it's not like this movie would have had a big budget. I mean, they would have been fine regardless, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if this movie came out today, it would make a killing because, it, it you did know, really dark well horror it is... Yeah. It did. It did. It did do very well, but um, horror has never been more mainstream than it is today, especially right. dark horror with, with um, deep endings and now that screaming is so prevalent, this movie would have been amazing. Um, after theaters going right to a streaming service, it would have gotten viral. So, uh, right. yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely a place for this movie, and they were. Yeah, pretty, I actually you know. think there's a lot of comparisons also to uh, to make to smile because this movie's also like it has its popcorn horror moments, but it's more it goes darker than your typical like you know Friday yeah. night haunted house movie. So I would compare it a lot to Smile because that did the same thing. You know, it had that typical pop out, you know, jump scares, but then it also the story got pretty dark. So I think that's a good comparison as well. Yeah, and Smile made a killing at the box office. So It sure did. <laughs> yeah. It sure did. Yeah. So 
yeah, why don't we uh, why don't we get into it, guys? All right, let's we'll, do it. We'll dive into our full review. This is sinister, and uh, why don't you take it away, Ant? Yeah. So obviously, before we get into it, we both hugely recommend this movie. So if you want to stop, go watch it, and come back, we definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorite supernatural horror movies. You know, of the last, I guess, now eleven years. Um, yeah. So yeah, check it out. All right, let's get into it. So spoilers are starting right now. We love this movie. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of spoiled a couple things already, but <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. But I already gave the I already gave the yet. disclaimer before too. So all right, cool. So uh, yeah, right off the bat, I love this opening shot. Um, the Super Eight shot. Um, we get the Super Eight movie in the beginning, and it's there's a family of four, and four is important that we remember. It's a family of four, and they're hung from a tree, and then we get the title card, Sinister. Perfect way to start the movie. What are your uh, opinions on the opening? Oh, it's super creepy, and uh, you don't uh, you don't know what's going on. You see this like um, I don't know what that tool is called. It's a, like a I forget. Yeah, it's like an extended yeah, saw. So the I'm branch of, pretty you know. much is broken, and that's what makes them go up. Yeah. So the, the thing yeah. saws the branch off, but you don't see who's controlling the saw. Right. You just see this saw like floating in the air almost, and it cuts the branch, and the branch is what pulls uh, right. the family up and they have uh sacks over their heads so you can't see in their heads but you know right off the bat you get a family um and kids you know hanging you're like holy shit you yeah. know <laughs> right there we're going there <laughs> yeah and i didn't even think the first time i watched this i didn't even think about like who was like cutting the branch i was like oh it's just just like oh the really haunted thing like i didn't even think about like there's a murderer i just was like oh you know, they're haunted or they're possessed and well, they're just hanging. Yeah. Well, neither did I because it looked like it wasn't, it looked like exactly. it was floating in a way. Yeah. Right. I thought it was right. supernatural so too. So yeah, smart. yeah, definitely. Yep. So yeah, like I said, that was a great opening to the movie. And then mm-hmm. um, right after that, we're introduced to Ellison, like I said, played by Ethan Hawke and his family, his wife, Tracy, his two kids. I think his son's name is Trevor and the daughter's name is Ashley. And they're moving in. They're um, the movers are there. They're moving into their new home in Pennsylvania. This takes place. It's another East Coast state. Um, so they, have, like I said, they have two kids. And when they're unloading, there's these. You know, the local cops are outside. They're kind of like admiring, almost like and excited about this guy moving here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we find out the sheriff pulls up and he's like, "What do you want an autograph?" Like, you know, he's busting their chops. So we find out that Ellison is a true crime writer. And we get the vibe from the sheriff that Ellison, um, he's a bit insensitive and controversial in his professional life. Yeah. Um, in compare in, in with what he writes about, you know, he writes mm. about true crimes and murder, and we get the sense that he's not too sensitive about the crimes. He doesn't really care about the families or anyone who's um in relation to what ha- what's going on. He just cares about you know writing a story and getting famous and getting his money. That's a lot. That's a big topic throughout this movie. Is um. He wants to be well-known. He wants to make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. So that's how we're introduced to the family. Um, so the sheriff, he goes up to Ellison and uh, he's like, you know, what can I, and Ellison goes, what can I do for you? And the sheriff pretty much is like, you know, if you could just pack up and leave, that'd be great. <laughs> we don't want your <laughs> yeah. circus here. I love that. And then um, we, uh, we find out that his book, uh, Kentucky Blood is what really like uh, kicked him into the popularity. And uh, we, also find out that he had a theory in one of his books and it led to a killer going free. He helped a killer go free because he had a different theory. So he has some bad blood and it makes sense why they don't want him working on this crime. Um, so the sheriff yeah. mentions, yeah. That Ever since Kentucky Blood, he's had kind of yes. a bad track record, I guess. And he's gone into these towns and just kind of 
destroyed the community and, um, you know, been wrong about things. So the sheriff wants him out. And I thought this scene was great. Uh, they, they naturally, um, gave us exposition, but it didn't feel forced. Um, the back and forth, the back and forth was great. And, uh, the sheriff really gave us a lot, like right up front, right off the bat. This is the oh, first yeah. scene of the movie, pretty much. They're they're unpacking, they're moving in, and the sheriff pulls up, and so this is really our first interaction of um, anything. Uh, Ellis talking to anyone, and uh, it was a great back and forth. And then he, uh, I love the line he says to his wife when he <laughs> walks back to her. She's like, "Everything's okay." He's like, "Yeah, he just uh, he wanted an autograph, but he left his book at home." And she's like, "Oh, that bad, yeah. right?" <laughs> so, and I love how like the sheriff like he doesn't take shit, but the cops are like kind of excited about it. <laughs> yeah, but we get the vibe that. With that interaction, that Ellison is a smart ass, you know, with the sheriff. He's oh, not yeah. just, he's not like Definitely. apologetic or anything. He's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm going to do my shit. No, I mean, he's using it. Um, he's, he's using the fact that he's trying to like expose the truth and uncover these unsolved crimes. But like, there's a fine line, right? Like, like you said, he's, he destroys some people's lives if he gets it wrong, but he is so unapologetic about it. He's all about, you know, finding the truth and exposing the truth but it's like dude you have to like take into consideration other people's feelings and the tragedy of what yeah. just happened and the tragedy yeah exactly <laughs> so we find out in that conversation as well that th there's a girl who's missing and the sheriff you know he's like yeah she's dead and if she's not we're never gonna find her and you know ellison's adamant that you know he's gonna solve this and the sheriff's pretty much it's gonna be a waste of your time, like your last two books. I love that burn; it's so good. Yeah. And then uh, he he's like, you know, we're not gonna cooperate, so the police are not gonna aid in his investigation because the sheriff wants no part of it. And um, you know, before the sheriff leaves, he's just like, I find this in really bad taste. And then I love this is so funny. Tracy, after he leaves, she asks Ellis. She's like, we didn't move in to a few houses down from where the crime scene was, right? And I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> I know. So then Ellison, he goes in the house with a few boxes and he walks towards the back window. And we as the audience know, because we see the tree from the opening scene that, yeah, they didn't move into a house, a few houses down <laughs> from the crime scene. They moved into the house of the crime scene. So that's the <laughs> yeah, first. Semantics. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So he didn't lie to her, but damn, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, yeah. already getting dirty with his family. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he uses that later on. And he's like, I didn't lie to you. It's like, dude, that, come on. I like, laugh out just... loud every time that I'm like, he's such a dick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, really, gotta, I, yeah. I really don't feel bad for this guy at all. Like throughout this movie, like everything you know, that happens, he brings upon himself. Yeah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, what do you like? Even, uh, you know, we have a deputy coming to play later, but he's like, why would you move into a house where this horrific crime took place? <laughs> yeah. Of course, you're going to be yeah. up at night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, after that scene, Ellison, he brings his boxes into the attic and he finds a box of homemade Super 8 videos that were left behind. You know, I guess we're led to believe from the previous family. So that's the first little, you know, little sneak of what we're in for. And I just want to mention, we didn't mention our intro. I think what makes this movie stand apart from other supernatural horror movies is the Super 8 movie mm -hmm. segments. That's my favorite part of the whole movie. Are oh, yeah. Segments. Oh, so they're great. Yeah. They were good at finding a way to make this stand among the pack of other, you know, the countless other haunted movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's what you remember when you think of this movie is the Super 8 films. Oh, 100%. And, uh, everyone has their favorite, you know, obviously that the tree, because it's the most prominent one, is the first and one. And it reappears you see. throughout. Because it reappears. So right. that's the one I think of. But there's, there's a couple other, especially the last one is the one that everyone talks about. 
So yeah, they're they're awesome. They're great. But they're it's, all, it's awesome. and you know, when he turns off those lights and he turns that projector on, you're like, ooh, that's when you get that unsettling feeling every time. You know, mm-hmm. we start a new segment, and I'm just like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? So yeah, there's something creepy about Super Eight film in yeah. general. You know, it's a great choice, a great yeah. choice. So Scott <laughs> yeah. Derrickson, he knew what he was doing with that technique. Um, so yeah, so after that, uh, you know, Trevor, their son. He's, you know, asking about the case he's working on because he's, he's like, oh, I'm going to find out about it at school anyway. But Tracy is adamant that her kids don't know anything about this case at mm-hmm. all. And, you know, um, Ellison's having a conversation later with her. He's like, I just seen another hit book, Kentucky Blood. I think you said Kentucky Blood was like 10 years ago. And, um, you know, his wife's like, maybe you should move on to fiction. He's like, no, you know, I, I need to do this for myself. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, well, if things go bad this time, She's leaving with the kids. So apparently there were some bad times when he was uh, writing his novels in the past. Yeah, this isn't out of the blue. I mean, this seems like it's a pretty big buildup of just she wants to support her husband, but he's just kind of driving this family down this crazy road with him. And it's just hasn't worked out so far. And uh, no, not at all. Yeah. (laughs) And like she wants to protect her kids. She, She wants to have her kids to have that innocence. And, you know, they're young, you know. The, the son is a, probably a preteen, you know, for four, 13, right, right. 14, and the daughter's even younger. She wants to, you know, protect them. And Ellison is just totally, again, a, the care. theme of this character. He does not <laughs> care. And, you know, he's he's just unapologetic and that lacks empathy. Yeah. And she's, she's like, literally just being a good mom. And she's been a good wife because she's concerned about his well-being and her kids. Like, I feel mm-hmm. so bad for her because throughout the whole movie, yeah. no matter what he does, she's still, like, concerned about him. I'd be like, you know, fuck you. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, so that's our first, you know, intro, they move in the house. And, uh, also I want to say, like I said, a murderer went loose because of his theory. So in addition to that, people don't like him. So people don't like his family. So she's concerned about, you know, I don't want to go to the supermarket and get dirty eyes and shit. So like they have to put up with a lot so he can write his, you know, books. Fulfill his dream and fulfill his fortune. Yeah. All about him. The common theme is him, 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 him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the first day. Then we get the first night. And I love when it transitions to night in this movie, you know, we're going to get something good every night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone goes to bed and Ellison starts his research. And I don't know if you picked up on this, but the score, once he goes in his office, I love oh, the score yeah. in this movie. It's such a nice, good score. Me too. Yeah. And that first tick of it, I'm like, oh, this is really good. So um, he has his crime board set up in his office and he like is writing on his board, you know, box of films. How did it get here? Um, so he sets up his projector and he watches one of the Super 8 movies. And like I said, these are the best segments of the entire movie. And this was the first one we jump into. So it starts off with like a pleasant, you know, family just enjoying their backyard. It's parent. I think they have three kids. And like I said, I keep saying the number because it's relevant <laughs> to the movie, the number yeah. of people involved. So, you know, the daughter, she's having fun. She's swinging on her tire swing attached to the tree. And then we cut to the opening scene of the movie. So it was that family, and they're the ones who died in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's the Super 8 film. Yeah, yeah, it's really powerful how it just goes, like the extreme contrast from this family just, you know, so full of life and having a great time and just, you know, <laughs> being an all-American family. And then it just cuts to them. Uh, they're not hanging yet, but you see, again, you see the saw, the branch falls, right. and they just start they start dangling from this tree and it's uh pretty, pretty graphic without being, you know, gory and, you know, 
that's like what, I said, unsettling. That's the great. word. That's the word yeah. for this movie. Unsettling. unsettling. Yeah. And put yourself in his shoes. He's watching that, knowing that that occurred like a couple of feet behind him in the backyard. So that would freak yeah. me out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So after nope, he watches that, it, yeah. he's like, "No, let me just." Uh, he's like, "No, I'm just gonna write some questions down on my board." <laughs> so he again he writes, you know, who made the film because like who's gonna make that? Because clearly someone filmed. Well, before he does that, we have an important scene. Um, I think this was the the moment for Ellison where he kind of loses the audience completely because he calls the cops, right? He calls 911 and he's going to report. He's going to report the film um, because this was obviously filmed in the backyard. This is evidence. And he assumes the cops don't know about because it was left in his attic. Right. So I think he, he actually gets, does that after the second one because obviously he re- we already know I think because he watches two movies that first night I think it's the after the family came yes yeah you're right call. yeah yeah but um yeah he glances but he he's like trying to do the right thing but then he is a such a dick he glances over at the copies of his book Kentucky Blood which was his big hit and then he hangs up I have yeah so he's gonna report it that's what I was about to say yeah greedy yeah. son of a bitch in my notes right there but um yeah so. Yeah. He writes down, you know, from the first uh, Super 8 movie, you know, where's Stephanie? Because we find Stephanie, we find out, is one of the, she's part of the family and she's missing. So she wasn't murdered, so we think she's missing. She's either murdered and we don't know where her body is or she was abducted. You know, that goes back to what the sheriff and him were discussing earlier. So he goes outside and he, like, just glances at the tree like such a sociopath. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes back inside and he uh he hears uh these creaking noises and he finds ashley so this is one good a good intro to ashley because she'll come into play so he finds ashley and she's like i guess sleepwalking but she's like oh she's like in a room and he's like oh let's get you back to bed so she, that's the first hint of something's a little she's off. looking for the bathroom she was lost yeah. in the house it was a new yeah. house so she was trying to find the bathroom yeah. right so he puts her to bed though. It was creepy. He puts her to bed, and then he goes back and watches the next Super 8 movie, which is a family on a camping trip. And then, this is really a... I love the score. Like, the when it cuts to the garage, the score is so good. So there's a car, and it's wrapped in chains. And the family's inside the car, and they're wrapped in duct tape. And there's also a symbol, a symbol on the car, a blood symbol on the car, and the car is set on fire. And then after that, he sees that. He's like, oh, shit, I'm watching, like, an actual murder. Then he calls the cops. And then he hangs up and he's like, yeah, no, I want to get into this and make some money. So he decides to not call. Yeah. Cops. I mean, I, I, that's interesting. You took it a little differently at this point. I didn't realize how greedy, greedy it was. It not, nothing really gave me that impression. Really? Um, that he looked at his, I thought right away when he looked at his books, you knew it was like, oh, he just wants to finish this. And yeah, well, yeah, no, I just yeah. thought it was not greed. It was just hubris in a way. Like I can do better than the cops. Like these cops suck. I'm going to hold on to this because I'm so smart. And they're so dumb, they can't solve this murder. I'm going to right. do it myself. It wasn't necessarily greed. It was just like, you know, I did it once before with Kentucky Blood so I could do it again. Like, you know, F everyone else, you know. But it wasn't Kentucky until later Blood. on you realize the greed and stuff. But yeah. at this point, I'm just like, ah, oh, this guy's just a cocky, you know, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, so you took it a little different because I took it at his looking at that book and like, oh, that book made me a lot of money. I want to finish yeah, this one too. Yeah, Damn. yeah, yeah. I so, think all uh, I think that all played through his mind in that split second. Oh yeah, where, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he, so he almost said a good thing, but he's like, nope. So yeah, so Ellison starts the next movie. It's called, and if that one's labeled "Pool Party," so he starts it, but he's disrupted by a noise, mm-hmm. and you know he thinks it's Ashley again doing her creepy sleepwalking, but he hears like noises from the attic and around the house. So he's walking around and he sees like this box on the floor mm-hmm. in the hallway, and then 
his son just pops out of the box and he starts like violently screaming and having a breakdown. Um, so we find out that her son has night terrors and he was having an episode, but that was a really, uh, creepy visual of him, like slowly popping out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> if that were like... my son, I'd be like, uh, what the fuck? Uh, he's got to go. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's pretty normal for night terrors. I I've read up about them and, uh, they're pretty freaky and, we we can tell that um this has happened before and you actually get that in the next scene you know he's done this before so um right. they just chalk it up to oh you know uh it's the the move and the stress of the move and starting a new school uh the night terrors are acting up again but yeah super creepy and i didn't realize it was the sun at first because he he flips out of the box and he's like upside down and he's on his yeah, yeah, he's yeah. doing like a reverse crab walk and he's screaming like this guttural <laughs> scream but uh it's a yeah, good visual. so he yeah, good it's visual. it's really creepy, but uh, apparently that's normal for that for this family. Ooh. So they didn't <laughs> really. Thank God take I don't it, have kids. <laughs> Thank God I don't have kids. So yeah, yeah, after that scene, he also almost does a good thing again. He's a little flustered by that. And he almost tells Tracy that they're living because she's like, "What could? Uh, is there anything else that might lead him to like be having these episodes?" Clearly, there is, but um, mm-hmm. he almost tells her that they're in the house of the murder, but he doesn't. He keeps his mouth shut, and the next day, Trevor doesn't remember anything that happened. And, you know, it's their first day of school. So Tracy leaves with the kids. And then uh, Ellison goes back and he does watch the pool party. Super eight. I thought this one was super creepy. So yeah. it's a family, you know, enjoying their pool on a hot summer day. And then we cut to nighttime. And the family, they're tied to pool chairs with ropes attached to them. And then they're pulled into the pool and they drown. To me, that's haunting because one of my biggest fears is drowning. I don't want to drown. And they have no way of escape because they're literally taped to the chair. They're tied up. So very, very, very creepy and unique. That was a unique setup, that video. Yeah, it was my. I, it was probably actually my personal favorite um, of yeah, all the videos. Yeah, Super that creepy. Yeah. I love how they. Um, he pulls, uh, the, the family gets pulled in and uh, most of them are in the shallow end. So you still see their feet like dang like above the water. Like he doesn't even pull them into the deep end. He's they're literally nope. in like four feet of water. And uh, it was super creepy, yeah. And it's then so this good. is uh, this so, is our yeah, first a, yes, our first hit of, of something weird going on. Mm-hmm. So Ellison, you know, this is within the same video, and he sees like this figure in the deep end of the pool while he's watching the tape. Mm-hmm. And you know, we find out later who this is. You know, the big name. I love the name of this villain, by the way. It's so cool, <laughs> Mister Boogie. <laughs> yeah, Mister Boogie in the pictures, but he's yeah. Bagul. And Bagul, then he's Bagul, yeah. yeah. Bagul, I love But Bagul, um, yeah. so the reel catches on fire after he sees Bagul. We find out is Bagul. So um, you know, Ellison's researching how to edit Super 8 films, and he's able to get the videos on his laptop as well, so we can see a better look at the figure, Bagul. Well, yeah, this um, prompts him yeah. to set up his digital camera right yes. next to the, so in case that happens again, he can go back and go frame by frame and right. see what he's looking at. So, uh, yeah, I mean, smart move on his part to to get the digital version and. So we can look right. at it through his laptop. You know, he's definitely covering his bases. He he realizes that, um, well, because he doesn't know like what these other videos are. He he recognizes yeah. the tree from from the house that he's in, but he hasn't connected any dots yet. But he realizes that something is going on, and this is important right. because they're all in the and same box. I was going to say the they're the same style of film. Like you know, yeah. what I mean, they're all Super Eight films, and they're they're real. They're like homemade videos. They're real. Like he knows they're actually. They're not. It's not a movie. Like those these murders are actually happening in these videos yeah so that's that's why you almost call the cuss but um so after that tracy and the kids come home and she's yelling like she's screaming at trevor and apparently at school he drew a picture with permanent marker on the school board 
of a family hanging from the tree. And, you know, Ellison is, again, good old Ellison. He just dismisses it. He's like, oh, yeah, he was bound to found out, find out, you know, it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> might want to have a discussion. Now might be the time to tell her uh, where you're living. But so then we get a night scene again, you know, another. Well, they have the movie. argument. They have the yeah. argument. And uh, just real quick, the uh, clever little scene. Uh, after the argument's over, he's back in his office and the door's open and she checks on him. And um, I thought that She's was a, a reference. I mean, I thought that was a total uh, reference to The Shining. How, you yeah. know, she's checking up on, he's typing, typing away at his work. It's like, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of The Shining. It's one of my Again, in both ever, movies, so. the poor wives, they really get the brunt of it <laughs> in these movies. Because yeah. their selfish partner is just yeah. caring about She's themselves. like, by the way, keep, keep the fucking door closed, good, uh, dude. I didn't, Come on, bro. I didn't uh, have that takeaway, but now that you say it. Yeah, yeah. Similar, it, it totally reminded uh, me of The Shining. Yeah. When she's, oh, cool. whenever so she's another... checking up on. On Jack. Well, that makes yeah. me appreciate this a little bit more. That homage right there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, already, I, I already. would say that's not coincidental because it was pretty no. uh, spot on. Yeah. And clearly, Scott Derrickson's a huge horror guy, so he's a fan of you know the classics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so then we jump tonight and we get my favorite. This is my favorite Super Eight film of all of them. Okay. Um, we're in a dark house at night, and it's a POV shot of someone holding the camera, and they're walking upstairs. We see symbols on the wall, which are that to me is that shit's creepy to me. Because once yeah. I saw the symbols, I'm like, oh, this is a cult. Like, there's a cult. I thought there was a cult murdering people because of the symbols. Yeah. So we get the family and they're duct taped to their beds. And the person who's holding the camera slits their throat. And I like myself a little violent. So that's why I like this scene. Because that's pretty. I thought this would be your least favorite because the no, dog. No, it's my favorite. Well, I have in parentheses, <laughs> the dog, the dog is not of. harmed. The dog is not, not harmed. He's just barking. He's not, but so the dog lives. All I can think about is that poor dog losing his family. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's and he's like a little tiny like chihuahua so he's trying his best to bark but it's not gonna <laughs> he's do it trying his best to be the guard dog yeah <laughs> yeah so that's actually my favorite because i'd like the little punch at the end with the throat slit and you and you feel so oh, bad yeah. because they just have to lay there and take it because they're tied they're duct taped to the bed um yeah, yeah that's my favorite one of the and again movie. um they didn't directly show the throat slits you see the throats being slit through the um the lenses of right. ellison's uh of Ellison's glasses and it's right. the reflection that you see. So you don't and get even when you watch see the film, it's like in the background. It's not like, we're not like focused on it. So I like that. It makes it to me, it makes it creepier that you're not focused on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Ellison, he actually finally gets a little startled. He takes a nice uh, swig of his booze. So that, that, that freaked him out a little bit, the throat slitting. Um, so he notices the symbols and he watches back in slow motion on his laptop and he prints out the symbols um, he's able to zoom in and he sees that that video specific video took place in St. Louis. So he's able to research that murder and he finds out that the ch- one of the children was not killed, but they were abducted and never found. So that's another coincidence from Stephanie, who was the daughter from the opening scene. So two kids missing, you know, murders, same style of videos. So we're, we're led to believe there's a through line, you know, with these uh, Super 8 movies. That's the first instance like, oh, something weird's going on. Why are the kids, you know, abducted and not killed? One kid. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so then he hears noises from the attic. You know, there's a loud bang in the attic. And he grabs, he does grab a knife. So he's smart with that. So I can't call this a never split up moment because he grabs a knife and a flashlight and he heads into the attic. You know, he investigates and he ends up finding a snake. But I don't know about you. If I find a snake, snake in my attic, I'm going to want to like get rid of it. But he just like, dismisses it <laughs> and he finds like uh hand-drawn pictures in the attic of 
all the murders in the films that we've seen so far. And each picture has a drawing and of, you know, the family and then someone labeled Mr. Boogie who's watching each murder. And then Ellison, he falls through the attic and he creates a big ass hole in his ceiling. <laughs> yeah. When it, so, uh, and yeah. the drawings, they come from the lid of the box. Yes. So the, the box that he found in the beginning, that's the lid of the box. I guess he never brought the lid down. So the snake was under the lid. And when right. he removed the lid from the snake, he saw underneath the lid, the, all these drawings like scattered all over this lid of the box. So you're like, okay, um, what's going on here with this yeah, Mr. Boogie? Again, he's cr- definitely yeah, a uh, serial, yeah. you know, serial killer and likes to abduct kids, I guess. And now at this point in the movie, a question for you. Did you think that Mr. Boogie was a killer who was a killing families and abducting kids, or did you have a sense of the supernatural? Supernatural for sure. Uh, the, the reflection in the water, um, his Me first too. the first image of him, I mean Okay. Yeah. I mean the fact that he's called Mr. Boogie. Yeah, the boogeyman. And boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, the boogeyman. I yeah, definitely thought. Okay, because yeah. I mean, some yeah. people, because you can make an argument that it is, yeah, yeah, a killer in a mask, you know, in the pool or something like that. You know, I was just curious to know what your thoughts were if you were already had a sense that this was. Yeah, I mean, it's been like ten minutes, uh, ten years since I've seen this movie, but I'm yeah. pretty sure I was like, yeah, this something sinister, no pun intended, is going on here. <laughs> Yeah. It's not yeah, just so, a yeah, random I agreed. dude. I also in a thought mask. it was uh, there was some supernatural things going okay. on. So uh, then we have Deputy So and So comes over, and he's only referred to Deputy So and So throughout this entire movie. Um, so he comes over, he takes a look. Um, he says he dismisses it too. He's like it's just scrolls making noise in the attic, and he asks Ellison to sign a copy of Kentucky Blood. So we find out the deputy's into Ellison, and he's very uh, curious about what he's doing here in the investigation. Um, you know, he hmm. says he wants to, he says, I can help you with this if I can be an acknowledgement in your next book. <laughs> so this is how Ellison does get a little bit of police help in the, the crime. Um, so he's asking for some info regarding some of the murders he saw in the videos that we've seen. So this is how he gets, he's able to get some help in getting information moving forward because the yeah. sheriff, you know, doesn't know about this going on. Um, mm-hmm. So after that, I like this scene. I want to bring it up. It's not really important to the plot, but I Ellison, he watches, after that happens and the deputy so-and-so leaves, he watches an old interview of himself. He's being interviewed for Kentucky Blood. And again, you get more, like, he's an asshole in this video. Um, you know, he says he's doing it for justice of writing these books, but you know he's doing it for fame and money. Um, that's pretty much what he implies by his uh, physical reactions in that interview. So I just thought that was another little... Um, look into how he thinks. Yeah, well, he's watching the interview, and to me, what struck me was his reaction to the video. So he's rolling his eyes basically at himself, and so you know, right there, it's like uh, he wasn't being genuine in these interviews. Right. Like he he does care about fame, and he does care about being right. successful. And uh, yeah, he's like he's almost like cringing at himself. He's like, yes. oh, I'm so fake and. <laughs> But then yeah, right at after least, that, at least he goes kinda... right back. He goes right yeah. back to investigating because he wants. He's like, I want that again. I want that fame. Oh want yeah, of course. Show. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So I just, it's very interesting. I think it's it, uh, kudos to them that you have a protagonist who sometimes you're like, yeah, like this guy's an asshole. Like it's not like he's like the perfect model husband and father. We're not following. We're following like you know a fractured and fragile, you know, flawed character. I like I like flawed characters. So I do. You know, I know I say he's an asshole, but I like following. You know. Not the typical, you know, perfect guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he, so he goes back to his Super 8 films and he uh, 
sees glimpses of the figure from the pool, Bagul, he ends up noticing that that figure is present in every tape because he's able to yes. zoom in on his computer. Yes. Um, well, he wasn't present originally, so he wasn't in when right. he first watched it. But now that Bogul, and again, I got this from the commentary from the director. Oh, okay. Um, because See, I didn't he, he that. said that uh, he said that a lot of people asked him. Um, if you look hard enough, can you see Bogul the whole time? And he says, no, he's not okay. in the films originally. It's not until he's introduced in the pool scene and stuff he, that he starts appearing in these films. So now he's in these films, but he wasn't gotcha. there before. Interesting. So, yeah. Because he yeah. wants Ellis to, Ellison to start getting worked up and go delve mm-hmm. in deeper. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Well, interesting. I just assumed because yeah, so it he's wasn't in, in the, focus. Gotcha. No, 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 no. And, um, yeah, he definitely wasn't, and now he is like he's in the bushes in the background, just kind of watching uh, the tree scene happen. Right. He's um, right. in the doorway, in the car scene, right? Yeah, in the doorway, in the car he, scene. In the, he's in the, in the car scene. He's like in front of the car. Yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah. So he's literally present in every video after that. Um, yeah. Interesting. That's. A, I'm happy that you watched the commentary, so you can uh, bring that insight to some of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so after that, uh, deputy so and so he calls him with some of the, some info on the murders. And he gives him addresses of a few of the murders, and he finds out that a family lived at the scene of one of the murders before they moved and were murdered in their new house. So that's another. So one of the families lived in a previous family's mm-hmm. house that was murdered. Again, so these things are connected. Yeah. And um, so after that, Ellison, as he's like reviewing the info, we see Bagul's head turns to face him on the computer. Yeah, I think so, it's when he's still on the phone because he's not paying attention to the okay. laptop. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's still talking on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's looking away on the phone, and you see Bogul. Uh, he's got a he's got a freeze frame. He's got the image paused right. of Bogul in the water, and Bogul kind of just does a look towards the camera, and then before he uh, turns to see Bogul's head has moved, Bogul goes, yeah. looks back. It goes back. Yeah, <laughs> so he doesn't notice. That part was, was funny. I always I super creepy. That part. I super that creepy. Part. And now at this yeah. point, you pretty much confirm that there's something you know evil going on. That's yeah. You know, I wish they waited to show their handle. I mean, I knew I was got this sense already, but I wish they waited a little bit longer because I liked almost the really? line of like, is it okay a cult murderer like or is it Bagul? Okay. You know, I I, I love they, Bagul. Yeah. And the okay. concept of Bagul, so Me the too. fact that he's a pagan deity, we're going to find out, and that right. he's supernatural makes him more creepy to me. So I'm oh, glad yeah. we got that sooner. Okay, it allowed me to dive into that character a little bit more and get creeped out sooner. Okay, because if it was wish, yeah. if if there was a possibility, it was just some dude. It wouldn't have been as creepy to me. Uh, I think his design, his character design, the way he looked, which we didn't talk much about. I love the way he looked. Well, um, we don't really get him in focus even yet. We just no, no, you haven't yeah, seen yeah. like a full full you know we just see kind of his face in the background and stuff but okay i know i, I like that they showed that that early because it uh made it scarier to me okay yeah i wish they went yeah. a little bit longer with saying like could it be like a cult or like a leader of a cult and you know cults like doing initiation that stuff murders. creeps me out too yeah that not gonna lie more, but yeah. um uh, i'm glad they went this route okay. it's again it's a little different than other other movies that are in this this type of horror movie this genre right. so I'm glad they went this way. Okay, I think cool. it works perfectly. I love this movie, so yeah, <laughs> there's not going to yeah, be much I I don't like. There's yeah, like one it's or two hard little to things, this movie. but yeah, yeah, I know it's a great supernatural movie. So yeah, so after that, he also sees a video pop up of himself on his laptop, and we see mm-hmm. that when he fell in the attic, there's like little hands that like appear on his shoulder. 
So again, yeah. that further confirms that, you know, there's some ghosty supernatural shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little less. That was a little, uh, we've seen that before. That was a little cheesy movies. to me, especially the yeah. way it looked like, uh, yeah. Special effects wise. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I, I just said it's going to be hard for me to nitpick, but that's, I, I am going to say that was kind of a little a, nitpick, a little cheesy. Yeah. And also I don't, it didn't really strike me. I think the way they intended it, um, and, and maybe it made other people creeped out, but it didn't really. I mean, it was creepy, but that we've me. seen it a million times. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. don't you think, I also think after that, because it's not like he wasn't filmed, like he didn't know he was being filmed in the attic. So if I saw myself being filmed, like a video of me pop up, like what the fuck's going on? I wouldn't be freaking out. He just like doesn't even think twice about that. Yeah, you're right. I never you know thought I mean? about that. Yeah. So where he's, he's he finds that attic. on his laptop. So right after Bagul turns his head yeah. at the laptop, well, it pops up you know so it's clearly came from a super eight because he has it hooked up but no one but like how was he filmed like he should be asking that that should be the main question like how was i being filmed going to the mm-hmm. end yeah so I, didn't, I didn't pick up on that that's a actually. little plot hole in my opinion uh-huh. because i like, thought he had his phone in his hand and he was recording or something no that was a flashlight well no it was his phone he was using his oh, phone it? his iphone light yeah it was okay, definitely so his maybe iphone that, that, that's how they so can maybe... Maybe explain that away Maybe it was a recording like, himself. Yeah, but he's recording himself. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, you're right. You're working I, for I the writer. You're working. And... You're working for the writers here, but I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just because I didn't really uh, catch up on that, so I'm trying to defend the movie. But I'll have to go back and and yeah. check that out. Like I yeah. said, I love this movie. I just thought that was like, if I saw that, I'd be like, not only what the fuck's on my shoulder, but like. Why? Why is this film popping up? Yeah, <laughs> I think you know I, mean? I probably because it had the hands and it kind of distracted right. me from the fact that. Right, know, right, right. Wait, why? Well, that, is this they happening? wanted to yeah. distract you. They did their <laughs> yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. But it's so, almost like why they put that in in the first place. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I could have done without that. I thought the Bagul scare yeah. was enough. Yeah, you know, and that was more effective. So that just mm-hmm. again, I have tiny nitpicks. All overall, great. Yeah. So um, Ellison after he hears the projector it's playing on its own and it's the tree murder again we see the tree murder several times throughout mm-hmm. this uh, movie um so he turns it off and then he looks in the backyard and he sees mr boogie in the yard what so he, he goes outside yes yes he go this is i mean not going to show my hand but he goes outside after seeing mr boogie like an idiot <laughs> to the backyard <laughs> but he does bring it he does bring a bet he does bring a bet yeah. with him so he walks towards the bushes and trees where he saw him, and he finds his son hiding again. This poor yeah. son having another night terror. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, he's like shivering in the bushes. Yeah, it's and, cold. Uh, having another night terror. Yeah. So he brings his son inside. You know, he goes into to the backyard again with a flashlight and a bat, and he sees. But he his went dog. to. He left it out there, so he went to. Go oh yeah, he goes. He, he has to go, go get it. Yeah. He tells his wife, "I forgot something outside. I'll be right back." So he sees a dog who's growling at him. And then when he walks, he goes, I'm, he's such an asshole. He goes, I'm going to get my bet. So if you attack me, I can beat the shit out of you. I'm like, oh, hope this dog <laughs> yeah. bites him. Yeah, <laughs> I want to mention the dog. Um, you don't think anything of it, but um, we, we never mentioned, did we mention the scorpion at the beginning of the movie? So no, we he crushes a yeah. we He crushes a scorpion, a black scorpion yes. in his attic. And then you see the snake in the attic. And now we have this black yes. dog. And um, when you first watch this movie, you think they're just like three random incidents. Uh, right. There's no connection at all, but. We're going to see uh, through uh, Dr. Jonas that uh, right. <laughs> through his research later on that they actually are connected. So I thought that was pretty cool. Right. They did that. So yeah. when the dog's growling at him, obviously we assume that the dog's just like, you know, a mean dog growling at Ellison. Mm-hmm. But we see when Ellison bends down to get, you know, the bat flashlight, whatever, mm-hmm. where there's a group of ghostly kids behind him. Yeah. So again, 
you know, we're full in supernatural territory at this point. Yeah. So uh, after he goes back inside, Tracy, this poor wife, she pretty much, she asked him, she's like, you need to drop the book. You know, he's been doing this. You've been doing this for less than a week and there's, it's already a mess. You know, we have all this shit going on with our son. You're drinking more. Um, and Ellison pretty much, again, he's like, I've never been onto something this big before. You know, I need this to get my to get my fame back. Um, you know, but Tracy, she doesn't care about that. She doesn't care about the money. She just wants her family to be safe and happy. Um, so again, he just says, you know, I was just startled by the dog. I'm sorry. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> I thought the strongest moments in terms of acting in this movie were the interactions between him and Tracy, their arguments. And uh, it was so real and visceral and their really final beautiful. argument, you know, before like shit hits yeah. the fan really is really, really like powerful. Yeah. But even this one, he pleads with it. He's like, this is my one shot. This is my shot. This is it. My like, shot. This, you know, my shot. Yeah. My my shot. shot. yeah, yeah. It's all about him. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but I, she, you know, she, my, I love her, but she really, she should get more of a backbone because she always gives in when he's like, oh, you know, I was just startled. Let's move on. She's like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, the next day, Deputy So-and-So, he stops by with uh, files that I guess Ellison requested. And, you know, he tells Ellison that he believes, I mean, Deputy So-and-So is already onto it more than else. He's like, I believe the murders were connected. You know, mm -hmm. the first murder that he found was led back to the 60s. Mm -hmm. And that they believe, they well, he believes that Boogie is a murderer who, you know, drugs victims before he sets up the murderers. So he's able to overpower them because them, they can't fight, obviously, if they're drugged up and tied up. And um, each instance, we find out the killer murdered the entire family except for one person. And there's been that symbol at each scene. So Deputy So-and-So is like, he's given us the t he's given us a T. He's given us yeah. the info. I think you skipped, we skipped a scene or two. Um, did, Did we? Didn't we see, um, we see the lawnmower scene first? No, no, and not yet. Not, not yet. yet? Okay. Not yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was so, the conversation before, is this on the phone with Deputy So-and-So? No, he comes over, he stops by with the files. Because he comes over with the files. Okay, um, okay that's got the it. Next yeah, scene yeah. Is the, the next scene after this is the long This board. isn't the long scene with Debut so-and-so on the couch. This is no, him no, stopping no, with the no, files. No. Okay, I was getting yes. confused. Yeah, yeah. So, so he also, but he also tells him after he gives him that info dump, which again, that's all important info. He says, you know, call this professor who specializes in weird stuff and cults. And, you know, he could probably help you finding out what the My deal boy. is with the symbol. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. So we don't get that scene yet, but yeah, he, yeah, I know. <laughs> we know that there's going to be a professor coming into play. Yes. Um. So then we cut tonight, and then you're right. This is Ellison. He watches, you know, another Super Eight movie, and it's the family. You know, they're hanging out with their daughter inside, and then we cut to a rainy night, and I. This is such a good scene sequence. Uh, we cut, yeah. we see a POV of someone. They're pushing a lawnmower, and the scene just mm. keeps going and going and going and going and going. Yeah. And then we see a lawnmower keeps uh, keeps going, and then eventually it just runs over the dad who's tied to the ground. Full on just goes right over the dad. And I think, in my opinion, I don't know about you, it's the best jump scare of the movie, and it's one of my favorite jump scares of recent years. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, the it's sound design so and the way it was filmed with the Super 8, the light is so... You can't see anything. You can it's literally dim. see the yeah. lawnmower. You can't because see anything in rainy, front of you. Right. You just see the lawnmower and a yeah. tiny bit of ahead of you. But it's so effective because he holds it so long with the lawnmower just keep going. It just keeps going. It's like, oh, you're just like sitting there. <laughs> and then it just happens. Boom. Out of nowhere. I yeah. And then there's like a, a loud like right. screech. And then um, 
it cuts immediately. Again, you don't see the dad actually being run over. Like right before he's about to get run over, pretty much as the lawnmower is on top of him, it cuts back to Ellison and he has this um, crazy startled. startled. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it was a jump scare for him too because he's watching the same thing we're watching. And uh, it was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I love the sound design in that shot. And to get you to jump it was great yeah yeah that, I, I do remember that scene in the theater that got we got some screams in the theater for that scene <laughs> um so right after that he receives the facetime from your guy your boy professor jonas mm-hmm. um yep and, he, and jonas says you know once you sent me the photos i knew exactly what cases you were studying because of the symbol so you know that symbol is associated with worship a worship of a pagan deity bagul and he explains to us that Bagul, he eats children, and he needs the soul of children to survive. And he his trick is he either lures them or tricks them away from the physical world, and he traps them in his world, and he consumes the children's souls over time. And uh, any worship of Bagul requires a blood sacrifice. And Professor Jonas, he believes that the murders might be some form of a cult initiation instead of just a single murder. And again, I like that idea, so I do wish that they went with that a little bit longer. But, um, you know, he's, he, Ellison says, I'm going to send you some info on the newest murder, you know, and then he heads off to bed <laughs> after all that shit happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so I like that scene a lot, and I like that we find out, you know, about Bagul, the history. Um, yeah, I wish there was more of a cult scenario. But yeah, so after that, he goes to bed and he's woken up by the, the same Super 8 film of the family hanging, and he it does bring a bat again. He does investigate the house. But again, don't you find it weird that he's the only one who's woken up? Did you get any insight to that in the commentary? Because it's, like, loud, the shit that's happening. Did they mention anything? No, I didn't. I, there was There's one or two scenes in this movie where they're, like, he makes a lot of noise and the family yeah. doesn't wake up. I thought that was kind of strange. I did pick up on that, but yeah. I didn't... Uh, I didn't, I didn't, no, I didn't hear anything in the commentary. I okay. Uh, and like the supernatural just, shit you know. gets progressively like more aggressive throughout the movie. And he's still like most of the time, the only one who's like hearing shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's. Well, I think I'm just going to chalk that up. I mean, cause we know the ending. Um, so well, uh, it was right, Bagul, right. you know, freaking him out because he's the, uh, well, yeah, yeah. the breadwinner. They're the reason they're in the house. So he's going to be the reason they move, they move right. and he needs him to move. So I, I guess right. it was just targeted at him. Maybe the other family can't hear anything. But I wonder, Maybe like, the Super Eight isn't actually real, like in terms of right. like they Is it can't in his hear head? it. Right. Yeah. Right, exactly. Right. But I also think, like, in Bagul's scenario, wouldn't he want like the wife to hear it so she makes them move sooner, so he can get his shit done? <laughs> yeah. Another. Yeah, just a little yeah, thought. I little thought. I, little I don't. Thought. I don't. I mean, I don't think uh, the wife would be able to convince Ellison. Ellison, he needs Ellison. Right, he needs to convince himself. Out. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And they need to stay together as a family. If they leave Ellison there, right. then the the murders can't happen all at once. Right, right. So, so she can't leave with just her kids. Obviously, go to her sisters. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. All right. I'll take that explanation. <laughs> I feel like I'm so, defending this movie <laughs> from you. No, I, and again, I'm not. I'm just like talking points. I this movie's awesome. Yeah. But this um, is a great scene. This is one yes, of my favorite is. sequences, actually, uh, with the baseball bat, him going yes. through the house. Walking through the house. And we get the shots of the kids, and uh, we get the close-up of the, the girl behind him. They're kind of playing like a little like hide-and-seek with him, almost, in a way. They're, um, they're popping up I behind love, him throughout the house. I love the way it's filmed right. in like slow motion. They're, yeah. they're running in slow motion, but it's, um, yeah, it's like a higher frames per second, I guess, the way they film that. But it was super cool, and they're just kind of, 
popping out behind him, and then before right. he turns around, they d- disappear through a hallway. Like, or right a before he like turns around, they like yeah. disappear. I love the scene yeah. right when the girl like comes right beside his face. That was creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at, he as he's walking through the house with the bat, he checks on Ashley, his daughter. And when he closes Ashley's door, we get a shot of one of the ghost girls. She's beside Ashley's bed, and she's like giving her the shush motion to stay quiet. And then we also see on Ashley's wall, there's a tree paint. The tree from the backyard is painted on her wall with the ghoul's face as well. Yeah, so we knew from previously in the movie that she likes to paint on yes. her walls. She paints unicorns and stuff, right. which I thought was creepy. Just the unicorns, so like reading uh, the beginning of the movie. In general, I, was I like, don't want my kid I, painting on my walls. I, what the fuck? <laughs> well, he had a rule with her, like only in your only room, in her so. room, but still, yeah. So uh, that was a good hell? compromise, but yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> so right off the bat with her, I thought maybe something could be wrong with her, like some, something's affecting her. When I saw those unicorns, because again, typical um, a, a story. Uh, this type of story in a horror movie, typically you're going to see more of the kids be affected. Right. And uh, I thought we were going to get that. And then we shifted away from her, but right off the bat, I was like, something's weird with this girl. Why is she drawing these creepy right. unicorns? <laughs> you know? So and when then, the yeah, ghost girl, the yeah, when the ghost girl is like shushing her, we, I should mention, uh, Ashley's awake. She see, she sees that ghost. Girl oh yeah. I, I put on my notes. Quiet. She's yeah. frozen in fear. Right. She's like totally paralyzed. Like, completely scared yeah right so it's not like she's just sleeping there's a ghost in her room like she sees she knows that there's shit going on she sees yeah. that girl which leads um, you to believe that she's been seeing this shit the whole time right right yeah. So now we have confirmation the two of the family members are experiencing so it's not just ellison like getting wrapped up in the story and the crime like something yeah. bad's going on mm-hmm. um so ellison he sleeps on the couch with his baseball bat for the rest of the night and then the next day this is the conversation you were talking about deputy so-and-so he comes back over and, yeah, um, that transition scene was awesome. And uh, again, yeah. I got a little from the commentary um, with the okay. director and the writer. Yeah, talk about that. And that was all practical. That was no cut or anything. They, um, oh. the um, whoever was in charge of the lighting or whatever on set, they had just a light, like a flashlight or whatever, just come up through the window to make it seem like the sun was rising. And that's okay, all cool. real. There, that oh. wasn't manipulated or edited or anything. And uh, give credit, kudos to the. Uh, the team and the crew for, for pulling that shot off. Cause it, it was so seamless and uh, it looked really cool. Yeah. Well, I, I love magic, practical man. stuff like movie that. Magic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people don't, I'm happy you're mentioning this and you listen to the commentary because people don't understand how hard it is to get just a simple shot like that. How much goes mm-hmm. into it? You know, yeah. making movies is not easy. So that's why, even if I don't like a movie, you know, still give kudos because a finished movie is a miracle no matter what the quality is. Yeah. I mean, that's such an insignificant, like short little shot. But, you know, that will people won't even remember most like 90 percent of the viewers won't even remember. But, you know, um, I'm glad we have us talking about it and people out there that do appreciate those techniques. And uh, And that served as a great transition rather than just a cut, you know, a a cheap cut and then just, you know, open Mm -hmm. it the next day. You know, so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree with that. Good kudos to the crew on that. Um, So, like I said, deputy so-and-so comes over the next morning or day and he um, Ellison asks him about, you know, the Stevenses and asked if the who were the family from the beginning who were murdered. And he asked if the investigators, you know, if they noticed anything suspicious about the murder and um, pretty much implying like, have they complained about anything supernatural going on in the house? And mm-hmm. he was like, no. And then uh deputy so-and-so is like, your wife knows about, you know, where you guys are living, right? She knows that this is a house. <laughs> Ellison's <laughs> like, Nope. <laughs> He's like, yeah. That's, I don't want to be here for that conversation. <laughs> um, so he does end up telling him that he's been hearing and seeing things in the house. 
and um so and so he just thinks um the case is just messing with him and that you know his mind's playing tricks on him and he also he's like well have you been drinking more because he sees like you know the bottle of booze and um he just thinks that's how he's processing the murder investigation um and he goes i wouldn't sleep one night in this house if i believe yeah. if if i knew that the family got killed there or if uh, I think there's something supernatural going on. I get the fuck out of here. So he's he's us. He's the audience, like talking to yeah. Allison. Like, what the yeah. hell are you doing, dude? So yeah, yeah I do like that they, conversation. Um, I, I like what they did with so and so. There was a couple different directions they could have went with this character because he is kind of that goofy, um, not comedic relief, but it's it's more, there's more lightheartedness to his character. And um, again, uh, I, I listened to some of the commentary. Uh, I have the DVD with the commentary, and they they highlight that they didn't want to get him. They didn't want to make so and so super goofy and goofbally because it wouldn't have fit the uh, the theme of the movie. It would have been too drastic. And they actually uh, mentioned one of your all time favorite characters, uh, Deputy Dewey. They they said they didn't want him to feel like Deputy Dewey. Um, they wanted him to be a little bit more grounded. Um, he's starstruck. He 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 right. looks up to Ellison. He reads his books. He loves, I guess, Kentucky Blood. He he he's asked for his autograph throughout the movie. So. Other than the starstruck, though, he's a very capable cop, and um, he's to me he's one step ahead. And you'll see it at the end of the movie too when he calls Ellison. He's pretty much one step ahead of Ellison this entire time. He's he's telling things to Ellison that he hasn't figured out yet, and he's um, he's the reason Ellison gets as far in his uh, investigation. That well, he like does. I said, he aids him throughout. Once he pulled him into the investigation, he aids him for the rest of the movie. But yeah. um, first of all, but it's not just aiding. It's like literally he's figuring no, solving. stuff he's out on his own. He's doing he's his solving. job. He's yeah. doing Ellison's yeah. job. He should get. So I, I love uh, that they did that. It was, for that book. It was a nice uh, balancing act, especially yeah. for this tone of the movie. I think they nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, we'll get into screaming again. To screen, no. But yeah. No. Deputy I Dewey love, slander. I I'm love not saying, Deputy you know. <laughs> Dewey. He provides. He's he has goofy moments, but he's a hero and saves the day endlessly. Oh, in of course. So yeah. Yeah. He's my dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so that was a great conversation. Um, so later on that day, Ash, uh, Tracy, uh, Ellison's wife, she finds Ashley painting on the hallway. And like Nolan, you said earlier, she's only allowed to paint in her bedroom. But mm. uh, we see that she painted the ghost girl who we find out was Stephanie, who was the missing girl from the opening scene. Yes. And uh, this, this scene is what finally, thank God, leads to Tracy finding out <laughs> That they are there living in the house of the crime scene. And I laugh every single time. She's like, he's like, it didn't happen here. It happened in the backyard. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> That's so much better. <laughs> yeah, this, this scene, scene is great. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the huge argument. Um, yeah. You know, she's just spitting out straight facts. She calls him out. You know, she's saying, you know, you're doing all this for your own selfish reasons. And he says that, you know, my this is my legacy. My legacy is his work. And I was like, ouch. And she's like, your legacy is your work. Your legacy should be those kids, you know, me. Yeah, and her point is um, it's affecting his kids, and he's still downplaying this. It's like, dude, what an asshole. He's saying, I believe he says, uh, so what? My my daughter likes the paint. She painted a picture. That's it. Like, dude, right. what? No. First like, all, talk about downplaying. dead like, girls. Your son's yeah. drawing the dead family on the board at school. He's having night terrors. He doesn't he's, realize the ramifications and the long-term effects this could have on his family and his right. children. And, he's and he himself, totally, he's losing it. He's slowly, we see he's oh, slowly mentally losing this, it. So she's also yeah. saying, you know, you're not okay. My kids aren't okay. Like, I'm trying to keep this family sane. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, no, we're fine. <laughs> he's totally a delusional because he says, like, 
um, I believe he says the line like, I'm a good dad. Like right. she he, painted he a picture. I'm still a good dad. Like, no, dude, like you're being very self-conscious. Right. Yeah. And she's even I thought that like, argument was awesome. Yeah. Great she, scene. Even like yeah. she's saying, you're just she's like, you're not thinking of the bigger picture. Like we're in a house where a murder took place and it's a, our kids are seeing and drawing these horrific acts of violence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, it, was, it was great. Yeah. Yeah, great. They uh, they do. I mean, they, she doesn't have many scenes, but when she does pop up, I just want to give credit to her. She does. She is a good. She's great in the movie. I'm rooting for her throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, people, a lot of people crap on the horror genre, but um, it doesn't get enough credit. It's a theme that we're going to talk with about anything, throughout this podcast honestly. with performances and with with anything really. Um, the techniques involved. Um, how to scare an audience and um. I love this movie because uh, I personally love family drama and and in horror movies. That's my favorite genre of movie to explore those. I mean, this is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I absolutely love Hereditary. That's another one that comes to mind that would talk about like um, family drama at the forefront, and then it just happens to be a horror movie. And um, I think this movie is great with that because if you take away all the jump scares and the horror elements, this is still uh compelling story about right. flawed characters and a family that's going um that's getting split apart and um i just wanted i just wanted to say and highlight that uh i think horror the horror genre is great at exploring those um those dynamics and family dynamics and character dynamics you're right it's always been the underdog genre and it forever will be even though it's the one that's kicking ass the most right now and yeah. you're right in horror even like these performances, I mean, we'll talk about performances, you know, in some of the other movies, but, you know, even like Sosie Bacon and Smile, whatever, these should be performances that are nominated for awards because it's the hardest genre to perform in because you're not only doing a physical performance, but it's so emotional. You're doing all the above physical, emotions, mm-hmm. everything. So, you know, you can't say that about, you know, your typical Oscar bait drama, you know, where you just have to cry in a scene, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it doesn't get enough credit. So, after Oscar that argument yeah. drama that's great yeah yeah that's what i yeah. good line <laughs> yeah <laughs> is that a new uh, category <laughs> that's what i feel like half of the movies that we see uh recognize at the awards some ways like they're made only to win awards they're not made to be good movies yeah in my opinion but um so yeah so we transition tonight after that argument and you know everyone's sleeping and we get a pov shot of ellison in the bed because even after that argument Tracy is such a sweetheart. She's like, you know, come to bed. You know, let's just go to sleep. We'll sleep it off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get a POV shot of Ellison sleeping, and there's a light that flashes on his face. Um, so he wakes up startled. Obviously, someone's filming him in that scene. Yeah. Um, so he wakes up, and he's startled because he hears the film tr- projector. It's playing. Um, but he goes in his office, and the projector's not in his office. So mm-hmm. he eventually realizes that it is playing in the attic. Yeah. And the ladder to the attic is also already pulled down. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but if I saw all that shit, I would grab my family and be like, we're getting the hell out of here. But Ellison, <laughs> he goes right up that ladder. <laughs> so yeah. he goes up the ladder into the attic and he sees these ghost children from earlier in the movie when he was walking through the house. They're sitting and they're watching the Super 8 film and they motion to him, you know, they go, shh, be quiet. And the ghoul he's seen you know, on the projector in the film. And then we have another great scene. He pops out, you know, in front of him from the screen in real life right in front of him. So that's a good jump scare right there. And we get a good look at the ghoul's face right there. Yeah. we And then, uh, 
in the he falls down literally the, the scene all that. yeah. that's being filmed you get a full frontal i guess of of yes. what like full his frontal. stature and everything yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean he's wearing clothes <laughs> but he's also wearing like this deep v-neck i thought was hilarious <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, it's like why did they pick that? <laughs> that was funny. But yeah, that but was yeah you get like scene, a you know yeah, and then it kind of pans out, and then he just pops right in front of the camera. Yeah, like, yeah, and uh, it, it was decent. It was. It was I good. almost yeah. thought it would have been more effective though if we didn't get the jump scare. We just held on him on the projector, and Ellison maybe stepped back and then fell down. Because I thought the jump scare made that scene a little cheap. But I do. Yeah. I mean, overall, it's a great scene. So he mm-hmm. falls down the ladder steps, and also after that, the Super Eight films, the box, and the films are thrown down. So he is a hundred percent knows that it's not in his head. Something's up there and threw that shit down. So he finally, finally does something smart in this movie. And he burns the box of tapes in the backyard and his wife comes out. She's like, what's going on? What are you doing? She, and he tells her we need to leave the house right now. So kudos mm-hmm. to him. He doesn't say we need to leave the house tomorrow. He goes, we need to leave the house right this minute, get the kids, pack up some shit. You know, we're going home. And I should mention when they, cause I was confused, but in the beginning of the movie, he even mentions, I had to get a second mortgage for this house. So they have another house. They go to these houses so he can uh, investigate the crimes. So yeah, when he they said we had to go they home, were, uh, I was like, what? Well, but, yeah, they yeah, were getting yeah. takeout in the beginning of the movie. And right. they said, we can't get this too often because we have to sell the other house first. Exactly. So they still exactly. have the previous house. Yeah, Right. So I was a little confused. I'm like, oh, great. They said that in the beginning. So, yeah, they get their shit together. They go in the car. And um, he does. Uh, he doesn't even want to pack their shit up. He just gets a couple things and they leave. And you know, he said the movers will come back and get it. Get the shit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, before they end up, you know, driving away and before leaving town, we get another nice moment with the sheriff. The sheriff's great. Um, so he pulls them over for speeding because obviously Ellison wants to get the shit out of that town. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Ellison tells the sheriff, you know, I'm just taking your advice and I'm leaving town and I'm never looking back. And, uh, you know, the sheriff, he, he actually is a good guy. He wants, he's like, you weren't bullied, right, into leaving? Because I don't want to hear you write about that in your book. And then Ellison goes, you know, there isn't going to be a book. So he finally gets the realization that, you know, it was insensitive to be doing this the whole time. And, you know, it's affecting, obviously it's affecting him severely, but, you know, it's not the right thing to do. So he said there's not going to be a book. You know, his wife's very satisfied with that. She finally, oh, he realizes that we're more important than this book. Um, so I like that scene. Well, I thought it's important. <laughs> I think he did it because he's freaked the fuck out. I don't think it has anything to do with him Ooh. being more sensitive. But I love that you highlighted what the sheriff said. Um, he he. You think maybe in the beginning of the movie, the sheriff was going to cause problems and was going to be kind of a douchebag back to Ellison. But we really don't see him for the whole movie. And then he comes no. back in this scene and he says, like, nobody impeded you or bullied you out of town, right? right? Like, he was gonna leave him alone he wasn't gonna help him but they were he as the sheriff he was gonna leave this family alone so i thought that was that was a cool little scene but he says um, you you, yeah you interpreted that differently he wants his town to be protected he doesn't want him to shit talk him in the book but he's also like being the doing the right thing so you think by him telling the sheriff that there isn't going to be a book you think he feels bad i think it's because he's freaked the fuck out and he wants to get away i think from everything what I get from Ethan Hawke's performance, like his facial expressions, he's coming to the realization he regrets that, it? yeah, that's what I get. Okay. He's showing. I mean, I think he regrets it because remorse. I think he, yeah, I think. It's I think, but forced. it's all the above. He's obviously scared yeah. for himself, but he's also scared for the well-being of his family. But he's also like, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that because he even tells his wife, "I'm not doing this shit anymore in the car." So he, yeah, you know I don't think I mean? it's authentic because then you really? see in the next scenes in the new house, he kind of gives in again and starts watching. You know, well, 
but we'll so. see why he's watching. But I okay, yeah. different takeaway. I I yeah. felt a little bit of you know gratification, like a little redemption. Okay, yeah, a little bit. You know, yeah, he's getting yeah. a little bit of a redemption. It's complex. Tiny, tiny this is one. what this is what I love about complex yeah. characters. You know, There's that's what so I said. I prefer this to... character over a cookie cutter. You know, yeah. typical character. Mm-hmm. So um. You know, they end up going to their new house. The next day, the movers arrive with their stuff. They bring all their stuff, and they're unpacking the boxes. And this is, ugh. He gets a call from Deputy So-and-so, but he's, he's ignoring the call. He keeps ignoring Deputy So-and-so calls. I'm yeah. Like, well, because he's done. He's this like, guy, fuck this. Right, you know, right. But I'm this guy helped you out, out the whole movie. Like, give him the benefit of the doubt. At least co- let him know that you don't I think he assumes that he wants to talk about the case. And um, or he's asking him like where he went because he assumes that the chief or the sheriff told so and so like they they left town. So he just wants to be done with that town. And again, he's self centered. He doesn't think about other people. Yes. And he just is like, oh, right. I'm done with this. Um. But yeah, I wanted to uh, say the shot of the house and that house is fucking huge. huge. And I think that was uh, wonder why really to go out to really eat. showed really showed his fall from grace. You know, he was the super rich and popular author. And that was a good way to show that, like, wow, like he was right. living the life for a while. And uh, that's why he's so desperate to get that back. I mean, look at that house, man. It was really <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wants to keep his money and fame. But um, so, yeah, so after, so he declines to call me transition. I love this. Tra- I love this transition into night. And I love a good stormy, rainy night in a horror movie. And yeah. so, you know, it's a shitty weather out. And uh, Ellison, he gets an email from Professor Jonas. And, you know, he FaceTimes Joan. I love how the only time that Professor appears, it's on FaceTime. <laughs> it cracks me up. But uh, he yeah. FaceTimes him to review the sketches he was sent. And, and that uh, wasn't the said, logistical you know, thing either. I, I found out that he was actually okay. on set, Vincent D'Onofrio. Really? He was in the next room over and they were FaceTime. And that was just what the script what the script had for his character. It's not like it was um they had to do it because he couldn't arrive on set or anything. Yeah. yeah but I that think, was interesting. Um, yeah, I think a little more, like, it keeps the mystery. I don't really need a scene of him showing up at the house and, expo- like, no. you know, deep dive yeah, or anything. No, he I don't served want that. his purpose. Right, yeah. exactly. So um, he mentions to Ellison, he's like, you know, it took me forever to find more of these sketches because, you know, any recent sketches were destroyed. And mm-hmm. he goes, Christians, they believe that Bagul lived in these images himself and that these mm-hmm. were his gateways. They were the gateways into his world. And that children exposed to the images were vulnerable to his possession and abduction. And uh, Ellison, he when he's on the phone with him, he trashes the copies that he has on, the, on his computer, believing that if he destroys them, that Bagul, you know, cannot get to them because there's no more yeah. images. So deputy so and so, he says thank you, and you know that's it. Deputy so and so calls again, and he ignores. And um, Ellison, he walks through the house, and I love this scene because you're like, uh oh, dum dum dum. He finds that the box with the projector and the tapes is in his house. And he also finds an envelope that's labeled extended cut. So this is why he watches it. I would watch it too. I mean, Oh, I'm like extended cut. I want to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to highlight the, um, he talks about the, uh, Dr. Jonas. He founds the, uh, these drawings with the, um, again, go back to the scorpion, the snake and the dog. Oh um, yeah. So I like you, that. Yeah. There's, those are like symbols of Bogul, I guess they're like kind of prophecies that he's around. So it it ties the whole story together with from the previous house, right. and um, yeah, I thought that was cool. I thought the imagery in those uh those pictures were were pretty cool too. Now I didn't pick up like I just thought it was animals being like aware because like I didn't listen to the commentary, so like I didn't I didn't pick up on that. But I just you know cool that's cool to know. Um, yeah, no, I don't think it was in the commentary. I think oh, it just okay. Okay. um, I think it was just symbols. Of, okay. Um. Yeah, that's how I took it at least. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
Yeah, I didn't look too much into this like that part. I just thought the symbol was freaky. But um, so so and so after that after that conversation, deputy so and so calls again, and he finally answers. And he should have answered earlier because what he's about to find out is a shitstorm. So uh, he tells Ellison. I don't think it would have mattered. <laughs> he's fucked either way. I mean, oh, he's fucked. He's been fucked but since they moved into that house. If he answered <laughs> earlier in the day, he wouldn't have been drugged yet. So he should have. Yeah, yeah. So he tells Ellison, you know, the problem is that you moved back home. You left this house. You know, he he's like, I found what the connection was. The dates, the addresses, each family he had him look into. They previously lived in the house where one of the earlier murders took place. And that if you put them in order, you can draw a line from murder to murder to murder. All of them. So so-and-so is like, by moving from the treehouse murder place in Pennsylvania, if the killer's still out there, you not only sped up his timeline, but you put yourself directly in his timeline. And, you know, Ellison just has this defeated look on his face. He knows. He's like, all right, thank you. He literally says thank you and hangs up. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like, oh, shit. So he then watches the extended cuts of these Super 8 films, and we see, because it's called extended cuts, that the missing children were the ones who were committing the murders in each video. And they all commit the murder, and then after the murder, they look into the camera, and they do the shh moment to be quiet. And um, so that's pretty, that's the big reveal. Um, How do you feel about that reveal? How do you feel? Um, Before I get into the reveal, just so we we don't go out of order... um talking about the pattern i i'd be interested to see uh we'll never get it but like if they didn't move somehow like would would he still be in danger i guess well, bulgul his his reasoning is he's getting these people to move so he can spread out so he's well, not he wants it to keep going he wants to pay he wants to keep going one. he wants to keep well yeah but like he could easily just do the the murders in the same house again but there's a reason why he wants it to spread i guess he wants it yeah, to kind of go yeah. to different houses right. So I locations. Like, he wants it to spread throughout stayed. the whole, you know, endless yeah. area, country and countrywide. So you but, realize the whole movie, they're just Bagul wants them to leave the house, and once they leave the house, that's when he can. Uh, once they leave the house and go to the new house, that's right. Yeah. So, and I think you <laughs> so. The one earlier, smart thing he does all movie yeah. turns out to be the thing not that smart. you know is not, not smart. smart at all. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah, but uh, I think you meant. I think. To that point you were just making, if they didn't leave the house, I think Bagul would have just ramped up the tension and the crazy yeah, haunting shit you, to the point yeah, where yeah, like you would leave. They, <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Um, I just thought that was yeah. interesting. How? No, it like, isn't. Why does he need that pattern in order to kill the family? But he wants that I guess shit to spread so, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. He wants it to infect. It he wants endless children everywhere. But um, so after. But yeah, back uh, to the back to the murder, the extended cuts. I thought they were great. Um, so okay, you yeah. finally get to see uh, Stephanie climbing yes. down from the tree you realize she was behind the tree the entire time right and uh sorry i just dropped my phone <laughs> and uh he uh it was great she starts swinging from her dad like the tire swing yeah that was she, like she grabs onto her dad and like swings and that, that i was like bitch. oh my god that is creepy yeah <laughs> and then uh yeah she walks up to the to the so, camera and does yeah and they sh- all go sh- and we go to each video yeah. and we see each kid doing that each i love the kid, kid he like it. goes into the pool <laughs> Like in his swim trucks, like I'm gonna go for a swim, but he's the one yeah. who pulls the shit out. I love my favorite is it was just ridiculous. The kid with the knife, he's like kind of like dancing with the knife, and then he stands on the table. I was like, what was that move? That was I weird. That. Yeah, um, little things like that were funny. So as Ellison is like in shock by this, he gets up and he starts stumbling, and he looks in his coffee mug, and he realizes, you know, he was drugged. 
And I love that. Yeah, just, we never I, touched on that. It's like this green uh, yeah, it's, liquid. It looks like, to me, and, like poison. Uh, it looks like poison. Yeah, well, it's supposed to be poison, but it comes from Bagul. They get it from Oh, Bagul. I didn't know and, that. Well, that's what I got from the commentary. Okay. And uh, again, another simple use of practical effects. They literally took a couple glow sticks and poured them into <laughs> that's the, awesome. the cup. And that, that's what caused the effect. There was no CGI. It was just literally just glow stick uh, liquid. So, See, yeah, sometimes when you have a that. lower budget, you get more creative. I love it. I think that's yeah, man, for three like million $3 million. Dollars. Do- yeah, $3 million. Yeah. $3 million. I was surprised when I heard that yeah. because it it's looks a, great. I mean, it's really, yeah, yeah. it looks awesome. It but, looks um, great, but again, it's restrained. You don't see a ton no. of, uh, you know, CGI or gore. Like the kills are kind of more implied off screen. So it, it, the more you think about it, it does make sense that it was lower budget, but it was just filmed so great. And I think yeah. that 100% works to its benefit that we don't get all that extra shit. It makes it more creepy and scary. Um, so yeah, so I love, but I love this part when he notices that you know he was drugged. He sees a note on the table next to his mug, and it says "Good night, Daddy." I was like, "Ooh, yeah." <laughs> and yeah, then he falls to creepy. the ground, and we see Ashley, not Trevor. We see Ashley in the background as he passes out, and I uh, and I love this. It's so kids are fucking scary. She goes, "I love that you made the movies longer. They're better this way." I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> This yeah. girl is here to do business. <laughs> so he wakes up and he's tied up in his duct tape along with Tracy and Trevor. And they're on the floor. And uh, Ashley walks up Poor to him Tracy. with an ex. I know. I really, I mean, really, that woman, she went through so much Trevor shit. Trevor, too. Yeah. Trevor. Yeah. But yeah, poor Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hate kids. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Ashley walks up to him. This is with the best line of the movie. Yeah, I was a, and this is the final line of the movie. Mm-hmm. And she, and it's such like a gut punch. <laughs> Because she's like yeah. Satan facts along with this, but she goes, "Don't worry, Daddy, I'll make you famous again." So I'm mm. like, "Ooh, yeah." When I saw so that in dark. theater, I was like, "What the fuck? That was crazy." Yeah, it's so dark, or, or should I say, mm. it's so sinister. Um, so then she uh, films herself murdering them, mm-hmm. and she, great. she puts the camera down. And great chops line, their heads off. Great scene. Um, so then we cut to Ashley. She's walking down. You know the hallway there's blood everywhere she's walking out the axe there's the blood there's symbols covered in blood all over the wall and then we see all the missing kids they also walk down the hallway and then it transitions to them actually being in a super eight film and ashley she's drawing the picture of her dead family and she stands in front of the projector the screen you know the projector screen and the kids they all run away so they run away from Bagul, and he's seen behind Ashley, and he grabs her, and then he walks into the screen. So he gained yeah. another child to feast on their soul. And mm-hmm. then we cut back to the box of tapes, and we slowly pan out, and then Bagul pops out for one last jump scare. Cut to credits. Mm-hmm. The end. Sinister. Yep. The end. That that final. Uh, I will say the final jump scare there at the end is my least favorite shot of the movie. Uh, I I don't know you how to feel about that. Very tacky, yeah, tacky. Um, I don't. How did you feel about it? That was a fun. I, I would have liked if it would have just faded to black, you know. And I, I did get some commentary from the director well, again when I listened, and uh, I'm going to defend them because you could tell they they mentioned it in the commentary, but they were being, you know, they. I don't think they were being entirely truthful. They said it was the studio's idea to kind of give one last jump scare because the the movie was so dark and so bleak that they wanted to and and they, I think they they did it effectively um they wanted to kind of jolt the audience at the final s- second of the movie 
like back yeah, into I get, that's what I you know, that's what I get a more like yeah they didn't want the audience to just sit with that heaviness and I think it, it was effective but I like to sit with the heaviness so yeah, I see. thought it was a little tacky a little corny and it was the, the the thing that got me was it was the same exact jump scare as the last Bogle jump scare it was that's done the same say. exact way if it was done maybe slightly differently it wouldn't have been so tacky to me. I think if they did one or the other, it also would have came off better for you and for me because I like I preferred this jump scare yeah. to the one in the attic with him. So I okay. think we're both just talking about different things, like different scenes that we prefer. So I think if maybe they cut one and let the other one in, I yeah, I mean, I I still would prefer to have the last one cut because again. Okay. My favorite type of horror is unsettling horror that just creeps me out. So if it would have just showed him going into the screen and taking away, right. uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley, and uh, maybe show like a final shot of the film with the family dead or something like that would have like left me more unsettled. But that last jump scare kind of reminded you you were okay. like, oh, okay, like you know. So I was I was fun. still unsettled with. It. I know what you're saying I was still unsettled with the ending. I just thought the last like. When you watch it with an audience, it's fun because they do get that last, you know, jump. So it didn't bother yeah, me as I get much that. as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I, I want to uh, highlight again uh, from the commentary, uh, the, the different kid actors, all the kids that played, um, you know, the previous uh, families that, that killed their families. Right. And um, they were talking about how they were worried about, you know, scarring these kids on set because it was such a dark movie and the roles they had to play, they were basically killing their on-screen family. And they said it was. Uh, <laughs> they said family. all their uh, their worries were were put at ease when they heard the kids in the cafeteria. They had just met each other for the first time on set, and they were talking to each other. And they they overheard him saying, uh, "So how do you get to kill your family? Oh man, you get to kill them with a lawnmower? That's awesome! I just get to drown mine." <laughs> they were just like okay. so excited that they that got makes to me kill like their these kids a little screen. bit more. That's pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to those kids. Uh, they did a hell of a job. They were super creepy. Yeah, so that's God. that's sinister. Yeah. It's a great supernatural a, horror. Like I said, it's one of the better supernatural horror movies of the last, you know, fifteen. I guess we're we're eleven years old, so fifteen, twenty years. It's one of the better ones, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's um, it's it's hard to highlight on a podcast um just how good this movie is in terms of the tension and the creepiness and how unsettling those Super Eight movies are, and uh, just the sound design, everything. It's this movie is fucking scary, guys. I mean, I've seen this movie dozens of times and it still creeps me out every time i love bagul i think bagul is one of the creepier uh you know villains in horror history i think he's super creepy and uh yeah it's just it's hard to 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 really highlight that on a podcast format but this movie is excellent i i love this movie so much the key to this movie's success are those super eight films without that it could have been a throwaway you know typical friday night mm -hmm supernatural so they were that was key to make you know where people are still talking about it to this day and still recommending it so that that was key vital to this movie's success and my i think it was the best part um mm -hmm. you needed them so yeah so i'm in, i'm interested want to do want to do our score first or never split up first why don't we do the the, the we'll do the never split up first and then we'll okay. do the scores at the end so um we touched on it in the beginning guys but um for anyone new to the podcast again on youtube we're on youtube this time uh, hello everyone on youtube we uh we have the results from our last poll which was from krampus 
we we did a slightly different poll for Krampus. Uh, we didn't do necessarily a never split up moment, our favorite never split up moments, but we had people vote on their interpretation of the ending because the ending is uh, seems to be very split. And we we got a decent amount of votes, both of us. But um, his winning streak keeps continuing, guys. Anthony won again. Uh, he's undefeated so far. So, uh, you know, not saying to to vote for me next time, but it would be nice to get a win. <laughs> <my belt, but. laughs> That's all right. Uh, so, yeah, Anthony won. So Anthony had the uh, the trapped in purgatory uh, kind of bleaker ending to Krampus, where I, I kind of ran through in that episode how I thought it was maybe a feel-good ending. But definitely go check that episode out, guys, uh, if you haven't. Um, I think we both laid it out pretty good, and uh, it could go either way on how you feel. But I know that ending is very divisive, and people feel a certain way. So, But yeah, Anthony squeaked one. it out. Yeah, very fun. Anthony squeaked it out. So he gets to pick his never split up moment first and then i have to kind of if i if i had the same moment i have to adjust my pick okay, and, cool. and pick a different moment so he gets the advantage here yes so, so this movie is first? a little <laughs> this movie is a little hard because i mean like i said ellison's a dumbass like he's he's selfish he's more selfish than dumb you know what yeah. i'm trying to say mm-hmm. but if i were to have to pick a moment i would say it's the moment when he wakes up and he hears the projector playing in the attic and the ladder's already down and he still okay. chooses to go up in the attic. Why would you do that? Okay. Why yeah. would you do that? That's one of the obvious ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the obvious one of the movie. Yeah. I also my other Because one he has evidence like, that yeah. someone's in the house. I mean literally like you said, the stairs of the attic are down. pulled down. Right. Like I, I the only defense I would have is he does have kids. The one girl sleepwalks, the other guy has night terrors, so it could have been one of the kids, and maybe he's concerned. But wouldn't you go check yeah, on your I mean, kid before you went up in the attic? To yeah. See if your kid no, was it was definitely yeah. a never split up moment. I mean, oh, but yeah, he's 100%. so, again, he's so self centered. He's so, like, in his own head that at that point he's like, all right, mm-hmm. figure out what the hell is going on. That's and a good one. I don't one. think, yeah, I don't so think that's he even moment. brings a weapon up there. He just walks up in that scene. No, no, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one time you yeah. should have definitely had that bat with him. So, yeah. yeah. Ellison, man, why are you walking okay. up the steps? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised, but I'm surprised I got this one. But mine's the, uh, I think the most obvious one. He fucking sees Bogul in his backyard. Yeah, that's he that sees Bogul in his backyard, yeah. and he fucking goes outside with a baseball bat and a I, flashlight. I think I commented like, on that when we were talking about idiot. He did. <laughs> I thought you were gonna pick this, and I'm glad no. I got this one, and hopefully I win because. Like, you already have evidence that Bagul is behind these murders, whether or not it's supernatural or not, right? I mean, because he's not sure at this point. Right, like I said, it could be that cult leader murderer in the backyard. Yeah, he knows that this thing, this mask or whatever this person is, is in these Super 8 films. And then he sees Bagul in the bushes in his backyard and without hesitation, like, goes out there, like, I guess to be the alpha, like, protect his family. But, like, dude. I am Call the cops. at that point. I am calling the cops, and I'm getting my family out of there, man. Like, no, well, clearly he doesn't care. Figuring this out another what's time. What's going on outside or inside the house? He doesn't nope. care about getting his family out of anywhere. I mean, it happened to be a good thing because it was his son. So you know, he did the right thing in the end because, like, he saved his son from being out in the elements right. and stuff. But yeah, like that was a super dumb moment for me. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Well, yeah. both are dumb because one scenario, there could be a killer inside your house in the attic and you're mm-hmm. going up to him. The other one could be a killer outside staring at you. Like, Well, the other one, you bit. see the killer. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah exactly. I know. They're both super right. dumb. I know. Yeah. That's, gonna I don't, be, that's I a good one. 
good one. Yeah, this is a good one. I, I didn't think we'd uh, get two good moments like this from this movie because, again, guys, our 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 name is never split up. It's a play on you know uh, the trope in horror movies, especially slasher movies, where you know the protagonists they split up to cover more ground or whatever, and they all get picked off and killed. But in a movie like this, it's not a slasher movie, so it's a little harder to find those moments. But uh, I think these are two good moments. So I'm oh, yeah, to see great. how people vote vote on this. And uh, I think you can do a YouTube poll too. Oh, cool. So this yeah, is going to be available. You can. You can. Uh, this will be available on our Twitter, guys. Um, so our Twitter is at NeverSplitUpPod. And it's uh, also going to be on our Instagram. We'll, we'll post it on our story. But the poll will be up pretty much most of the week. Uh, we'll let you guys vote on that. You're going to do Spotify and, uh, too, right? Yeah. It's, again, uh, this, this episode is going to be available on Spotify. Spotify has a, has a poll. You can vote on Spotify. And if you're listening and watching on YouTube, I'm going to try to set up the YouTube poll. I'm a little bit new to YouTube, but I'll try to figure that out. Yeah, you but, can. Uh, yeah, just, just, just look, for, look on our socials if you can't find it on YouTube or Spotify and uh, try to vote in the poll. We definitely want to hear from you guys. Um, if you have any other moments, any other split up, mo- never split up moments right. that you want to highlight that you think we didn't highlight, definitely you know, leave us a comment and let us know. want to hear from you. But uh, yeah, let's, let's get into our ratings. What's your rating? I'm excited. You showed your hand a little. <laughs> you always bit. want me to go yeah. first. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm ready to go first, man. There this you go. this movie is, uh, it's it's generational for me. It's one of the. It, it's I don't know if it's one of my Mount Rushmore movies, but it's it's top ten for sure in terms of oh, horror. Really? Okay. Yeah, it, it's that good. I've seen this movie so many times, and um, you know, obviously things get a little less, um. You know, like the Super 8 gets a little less um, creepy because you know what to expect, but I still get like creeped out by this yeah. movie. And I've seen this movie so many times. It's just so well done. And again, I, you'll see a theme throughout the, when we cover movies. I think I've mentioned this before. I'm a sucker for a great villain. Um, that's what I look for in horror movies the most is how cool is the villain. And this is right up there with, to me, with, um, you know, Michael, Jason. Uh, you know, all the uh, iconic villains, uh, Bogul is right up there for me and, uh, really, really disappointed, uh, that, uh, this didn't turn into the franchise that those oh, other, we will, we uh, will get to yeah. that sequel. I know. Okay. I don't want to, we'll probably cover that, uh, as much we as I don't to. want to, we need to, but we need but to, to, but Sinister to 2, yeah. Sinister 2 leaves a lot to be desired, but, uh, we're just going off this movie. So yeah, I'm going to give this movie, I'm going to give Sinister. A nine point five. All right. Well, nine point five. Yeah, which is my highest score yet. I believe uh, Black Black Christmas. Christmas? That was a nine point four. Yeah. Okay. I believe. Yeah. You might have been a nine point six on Black Christmas. All right. Was it? Were you you a nine point four? And I was. I was a nine point two on Black Christmas. Okay. I thought it was nine point four, but I have to check back with that. But yeah, nine point five, guys. Awesome. Yeah. (laughs) So this is almost like perfect for you. This movie. Oh yeah, yeah. There's not much the the last jump scare. That's the only right. thing. Okay. Um, that really, you know, and the fact that it um, there's a couple movies that um, I think are maybe like better, but they also have the nostalgia factor. Right. Again, Sorry. Black Christmas, uh, you know, um, Halloween and stuff like. There's movies <clears throat> like that that uh, that uh, I so there's room for improvement. And no, no, I'm not going to give out tens here and there, but you know, nine point five. That's pretty much. As perfect yeah, as it gets. That's you know? up there, man. That's <laughs> yeah. all timer almost. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I did give Black Christmas a 9.4. I just checked, by the way. Okay, cool. All right, cool. Yeah. So this is your highest. This is your highest. Yeah. 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 Okay, awesome. I love this movie, too. It's a great movie. It's super unsettling. You know, it's one of the better supernatural horror movies. That's my second favorite subgenre of horror after Slashers. Um, I wish, unlike you, I wish they kept the mystery going of Bagul and, you know, the supernatural occurrences a little bit longer because I like that. I wanted to think, like, is it that or is it an actual murderer? I wish we got more of that back and forth. And I also wish that maybe in that, I don't, I didn't want to see the ghost kids. Maybe if we kept that reveal until later in the movie, like the end, it would have been more of like a whoa, because you could kind of like, you can figure out that the kids have something going on with this. So I think okay. maybe if he was walking through the house and maybe we saw glimpses of Bagul in the background instead of them, that might have been a little more creepy in my opinion. Okay, that, when, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I will say that worked for me because when you okay. did get the reveal at the end that it was the kids the entire time, it made you go back through the movie and it made the kids creepier to me. Yeah. So I'm glad we got more okay. of the kids. I but, wish the but, first yeah. time we saw the kids was when he walked up in the attic and we saw them sitting there. That would have been a good like, whoa, what the fuck? Instead of yeah. like them popping up. But I get you know, I get your point. But yeah, I thought maybe yeah. maybe if we saw a ghoul in the background or maybe like multiple but ghouls because then you could be put in your head like is this a cult like what is going on so that you know little nitpicks but at the end of the day you know that ending just elevates the movie so much for me it's so good we know you love your dark endings, and this is another one to add to the list and you know i'll make you famous now like wow what a what a badass bitch and that iconic line i'll make you famous again so yeah i love this movie is Ashley a final girl? <laughs> I mean, talk she's about the final an- girl. She's lies. the anti-final girl. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I said, love this movie. You know, little nitpicks, but it's one that I'll go back to over and over. It's one of my favorite Scott Derrickson horror movies. I like it way more than Black Phone, even though I like yeah. that movie. It's a solid movie. I'm gonna give this one. I'm gonna give this movie an eight point nine. Okay. 8.9. There we 8. go. 8.9. So you loved it too. You know, I did. I loved my, it. Not quite as much as me. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned the black phone. I didn't touch on that a lot, but uh, a lot of what was in this movie, I was expecting to see in the black phone. When I saw it, it was Scott Derrickson and the same, uh, I think, I believe it was the same, same writer, writer too. Same writer. Um, I was, I was hoping to get the, um, like we talked about in our episode of the black phone, more of that uh, visceral, like kids in distress and stuff. Right. And, uh, darker bleaker stuff and uh they went a different route with that which it serves a purpose and you can you can listen to our episode on it but um this is what makes sinister that much you know elevated for me is that darkness to it and the ending is just yeah like doesn't get much better than that the whole family's dead you know ellison (laughs) you don't feel bad for ellison but you know (laughs) you kind of like i said i did feel a little bad because he did redeem himself a tiny bit from me so i and again yeah see it's a downer of an ending it's a downer yeah he didn't really redeem himself to me so i really i felt bad for the wife and i also want to mention just in general that the title is so simple but it's so effective sinister it's a great title for this movie and i love i I love the posters for the movie um the font that they use with the blood there's the movie yeah um and I, I just, it's like a nice, simple title, but you know you're going to be in for it. And I think it's a, it was a, must have been a common theme around that time because you have Sinister and then you have Insidious, which are both two great titles for the, you know, one of these horror movies. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, great movie. Love this movie so much. Definitely awesome. check it out, guys, if you haven't seen it. And if you have, I yeah. want to know what you think too. You know, comment 
on the you know YouTube or social media. Let us know your thoughts. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? What are your problems with it? Do you think Ellison's an asshole? You know, tell us everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that pretty much wraps it up. This uh, this was a supersized episode for a supersized movie. You know, yes. um, one of my favorites of all time. Uh, thanks for sticking around, guys. Uh, again, uh, please, we want to hear from you. Even uh, even if you didn't like the movie, uh, what did you find that you didn't like about it? Like, we we love hearing everyone's opinions, and please vote in the poll. Uh, we want to get those votes out, and uh, we want to interact with you guys. Spread the word yeah, about spread the podcast the word. and everything. Yeah. Um, you, again, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, at never split up pod again at never split up pod on twitter and instagram we're also on facebook never split up podcast on facebook and we're now on youtube it's also at never split up pod on youtube if you want to check us out on youtube and uh thanks guys for listening any any final thoughts guys uh do you want to give a little tease to what we're covering next week do you want to reveal that yeah yeah we can we we can uh do you want to do a tease or do you want to tell everyone uh, what our next episode is going to be? Let's just tell them. So they, you know, let's, let's just, get just do it. it. Let's yeah. tell them. And let's then we'll, do, we'll do post it. We'll remind them about it you know, in the middle of the next week. Yeah. So if uh, you guys listened to our last episode, our top 10, you'll know that uh, I'll be excited to cover this movie because uh, I'm a big fan of this director. Um, we have some different opinions, it seems like, on the rankings of this guy's movies, but uh, we're covering our first uh, Jordan Peele movie. It's going to be Get Out. His, his first, his directorial debut. Uh, I, I think it's a great movie. Uh, I know you think it's a great movie. He's a great director. Uh, you know, Get Out. So there it is. Get Out uh, next week is going to be a great episode, I think. Yeah, I can't wait to get into that one. There's a lot to say about that movie, too. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if we're going to do all three of his movies back to back. But no, uh, we're no. going to start with Get Out. Yep. We'll do Us. Um a little while afterwards and then we'll finally end with nope so and uh again nope that was on my my top 10 list of 2022 so check out that episode if you guys haven't already yeah you can see where yeah. that ended up on your list yes <laughs> <laughs> you can awesome yep. so thanks for uh listening guys thanks for watching on youtube our first ever youtube uh podcast we appreciate you guys we'll see you guys next next week and uh take it easy see ya see ya